just had a second to like relax and like look at you. And it's, Haley's wearing like a mustard. Mustard. Yeah, like a mustard yellow tank top, and it's very pretty on you. Thanks. I've yeah. been into mustard recently. I not the I food, understand. But... No, but I mean also good mustard. Good mustard. Well, I've I guess. had good mustard. There's such a thing. Hmm. Um, I love a good mustard. Uh, what is it? Uh, Felipe, the original in Los Angeles, has this mustard that will straight up clear Shout out, out your sinuses. Oh, they do not need it. They are <laughs> an they're an LA institution, and they have been alive longer than my grandma. So like, they're they're you calling fine. your grandma old. Uh no, but she's closer to a hundred than she is to ninety. So all right, they're well, older than my her. grandma. Right. And like, it's a good sandwich, and they've got amazing mustard but it will clear out your sinuses it's not spicy it's just heavy on the horseradish dope but yeah what are we talking about today i was gonna say but this is not the on mustard podcast. podcast um we we are this is not the mustard podcast but we are talking to the queen of mustard the color and that's Haley. hey um i am the queen of mustard the condiment and that's caitlin cool. um, <laughs> that's what we're going by now yes and uh speaking of colonel mustard did it in the library with a wrench this is Whoa. crime culture girl girl look at this this is your brain on sugar pills that are labeled as adderall um cool. <laughs> but yeah so today we're talking about a rough one um which mm. is why i get so perky at the beginning of these i've got to get my positivity out now yeah um, because today we are talking about amado diallo mm. and i will say that i had heard the name but unfortunately we have an issue in this country in which there are a lot of names of a lot of black people who have been murdered by the police <coughs> and i thought i knew a lot of them but clearly i did not know enough because i ended up learning about amadou diallo during this has been on our docket for a while this was during the black yep. lives matter protests that were happening uh at the like in 2020 yeah um but to get right into it um so amadou diallo was born on september 2nd 1975 in sino county in liberia uh, he was one of four children of Saiku and Kadiatu, Kadiatu Diallo. She goes by Katie or Kadi, K-A-D-I. Okay. Um, and as part of a historic, he was part of a historic full bay trading family in Guinea, the country, the West African country. Um, and he was born while his dad was actually working in Liberia, but because of the nature of his father's work his family moved around a lot they had gone to togo they had gone to singapore thailand and eventually returned to guinea um and as a result he spoke five languages oh um yes and he was just very like he he was very shy he had a stutter um he was very slightly built he was just five feet inches tall and 150 pounds um he was good-natured and easygoing he was a devout muslim and in September 1996, so he was 21 years old, he followed other family members who had moved to New York City, and he started a business there with his cousin and spent his days as a sidewalk vendor selling video cassettes, gloves, socks, just like items like you would see if you've ever gone down a street in New York City, specifically 14th yeah. Street. That was his beat. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just there yesterday. I was going to say, like, we're, we're <laughs> always there. Um, but he 
was he would work 12 hours a day, six or seven days a week. And then by night, he studied math and computer science in his tiny Bronx apartment on Wheeler Avenue in the Soundview neighborhood. Um, And he shared that apartment with a friend and two of his cousins. Wow. So he was working really hard um, and he loved learning almost as much as he loved Allah, his like God, um, Mm -hmm. and almost as much as he loved Allah and even more than he loved learning in Allah, he loved America. Um, mm. He very much wanted to become a citizen of this country, was trying very hard to become a citizen of this country. But unfortunately, that's another issue that we have with this country is that immigration is virtually not virtually impossible. I shouldn't use such absolutes, but it's insanely difficult. And I can say that prohibitively difficult. Yes. Almost. Yes. Like and I, and this was before. A certain administration, um, which made it even more difficult. But yeah, I know people who had to go through the immigration process, not just as immigrants of the United States, but even with like cases of adoption where the government fucked up and they weren't a made a citizen. They were just given a green yeah. card, which expired. And then nobody caught it until they tried to get their license, their driver's license one day. But anyway, um, so he according to his family's attorney, actually was trying to remain in the United States by filing a political asylum application that falsely claimed he was from Mauritania and that his parents had been killed in fighting. But in actuality, he was mm. from Guinea and his parents were both alive. Yeah. Um, but so shortly after midnight on February 4th, 1999, Diallo, um, actually, I'm going to call him Amado because I also reference his family in this. Yeah. Um, typically, those who know me, I will go by the last name but we can't do that necessarily this time um he was 23 years old and standing on the stoop of his building in the bronx after coming home from a meal he had basically gone inside to discuss a utility bill with one of his roommates and then after the roommate went to bed he went back downstairs to the vestibule of the building to just like stand on the stoop for reasons unknown maybe he was having a cigarette maybe he was just like i need to get some air maybe he couldn't sleep who knows Um, What we do know is that that is when he was approached by four white men, 36-year-old Sean Carroll, 26-year-old Edward McMillan, 27-year-old Kenneth Boss, and 26-year-old Richard Murphy at about 12.40 a.m. And they had turned down Wheeler Avenue in an unmarked car before getting out and starting to shout at Amado to show his hands. Um, Apparently, Amado reached into his pocket instead and he was pulling out his wallet as he attempted to run for the, for safety into his building. Like, you know how you're advised to, like, take your wallet and throw it in the direction of the opposite direction of where you plan to run when you're being yeah. mugged, especially in New York. Like, that's... Yeah, like, take my wallet. I don't need it. Take my wallet. I don't... I, I'd prefer my life. Like, just you throw it so that they will go after the wallet and they won't yeah. go after you. So he was in the process of what they, they think doing that when Carol shouted that Amadou had a gun and the attackers began shooting at him. Uh, Mm. Within minutes, Amadou was gunned down in a hail of 41 bullets, 19 of which hit him. Upon arriving at the scene, investigators found no weapons on or near Amadou, who I also would like to mention had no criminal record. And Mm. in addition to the wallet he had pulled out, they found nothing but a beeper in his pocket. Mm. Um, So... Unfortunately, similar to a lot of other of these 
cases that we've heard. Very, very much so, because these weren't just your average run-of-the-mill racist assholes. Uh, Carol McMillan, Boss, and Murphy were all members of the New York Police Department's Street Crime Unit, or SCU, Mm. um, which was a special plainclothes unit of the NYPD that was established to patrol high high crime areas in an effort to prevent, like, robberies and rapes and murders and assaults. And, you know, like, they were talking about cleaning up the streets of New York City and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So this isn't, not only is this not an uncommon occurrence, um, as we saw with Ahmaud Arbery, but it gets a little bit worse when these are also plainclothes cops who are on duty. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, we've seen that all too often, especially in recent years. Um, or, Or rather, I shouldn't even say that, that have been publicized they, recently yeah, that, they've started publicizing it very true yep it's happened more than is reported right um so the scu had a great reputation it got a lot of acclaim from others in law enforcement uh but at the time of amadou's murder he was it was embroiled in public controversy because one month earlier two other scu officers had fired eight shots at russell dirty old bastard jones from the wu-tang clan Um, Mm. And they falsely accused him of having fired at them first when it was later revealed that he was holding a cell phone and not a gun. So So let's get these fucking trigger happy people off the unit. Maybe only people that can identify what an actual gun looks like. Well, and why do you need plainclothes officers? Like, why do you need these people are packing serious heat and they are like attacking people like where does the line get drawn yeah not for nothing like a homeowner or something isn't necessarily going to know that these are plainclothes officers exactly what the fuck they come in roll like a bunch of these kids come rolling into your neighborhood like with weapons like how do you know they're fucking cops yeah even if they are like fuck you get your fucking weapons out of my fucking life (laughs) if any random person just walks up to you well i mean now i guess would be a different story but if they're like screaming at you if they're running at you if they're chasing you and they're saying to, yeah, to identify yourself as law enforcement or I'm fucking getting the hell out of there. But also, even if they do, like, I mean, how many times have we been told, for example, or at least when I was told, like when I was in college, um, they started doing school shooter drills. And when we would do them, there was the instruction that anybody can tell you i'm a cop you needed definitive proof that this was a cop you needed to see a badge you needed to like have like anybody could like that's what they basically told us was like a shooter could walk on walk up knock on the door be like okay it's the police open up and it's not the cops yeah but it's also so unfortunately easy and terrifyingly easy to get like a fake uh, yes. uniform, fake uh, identification. We've discussed like, this. There are criminals who yeah. did exactly this. Yeah. And, and so it's just, yeah, it's very difficult. And especially the fact that they've got the, well, obviously they didn't recognize him, um, even though he's arguably one of the most well-known members of the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, he's not a member anymore, but he was at the time. Um, but Dirty Old Bastard like Wu-Tang Clan had been around at that point. Like this happened a year before Diallo was murdered, which would have been around like a month before. Excuse me. This is 1999. This is the beginning of 99 that this happens to him. And he's been famous for like 
the better part of that decade at this point. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Um, but anyway, so Amadou's murder was similar to what went down with Dirty Old Bastard. Um, he, the four officers had mistakenly identified him as a suspect. So they said first they claimed to have confused him for a serial rapist suspect from a year earlier, and that's who they were patrolling the streets for. But then other times they said that they thought he was a mugger or a drug dealer. Um, and there's more excuses later. Um, and beyond that, what's more... So one of these officers, Boss, had also previously been involved in the murder of another unarmed black man, 22-year-old Patrick Bailey, who Boss had shot outside of his home on Halloween night. And according to Bailey's family's attorneys, Boss allowed Bailey to bleed out. He died. Jesus Christ. And Boss refused to talk to internal affairs investigators from the Brooklyn district attorney. And because he refused... How are you able to refuse that? Because he just refused. And as a result, they ultimately issued a what was at the time very controversial and still is. But you know what I mean? Report finding that the shooting had been justified because Bailey had a gun on him. You murdered someone. You shouldn't be able to say, no, I actually decided I don't want to talk to anybody like you lose that when you murder somebody. Well, and especially as a cop, because even like taking murder out of it, you discharge your weapon. OK, yeah. you've discharged your weapon you should that is that is a that is not your gun that is a gun provided to you by your job so you yeah. should have to account for every time you discharge your weapon yeah what did you shoot why did you shoot and how how many like rounds did you fire off all of that should be yeah, something there should be that, a lot more paperwork every time you yes, discharge that weapon yes because like if they're not gonna if they're not gonna do anything about keeping the weapons like off the streets or whatever then it should be prohibitively difficult for you to discharge a weapon without doing massive amounts of paperwork because there's yes. nothing that a cop hates more than paperwork true believe true. me i know true but it, and and not to mention if anybody's work like as as a as a non-law enforcement job if any of those jobs can track somebody like what they're googling on work time their search history yep. all of that if their job can do that has the ability to do that has the right to do that and everybody else like my work does it and i'm like yeah go ahead like why the hell should somebody not have that same type of uh, pun not intended but policing with their job and i and i understand that it's kind of apples and oranges you're talking about search histories versus like shooting a weapon but yeah there it should seems be. like it seems like I had to do so much more paperwork as a lifeguard after I saved somebody's life that people who are killing people at their job don't have to really do too much, aren't even right. really questioned by it. Right. Absolutely. I had to fill out an entire report every single time I like gave somebody a Band-Aid, it seemed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like... I'm in physical therapy right I'm now. Incensed. My physical therapist has to <laughs> fill out paperwork at the end of a session. Like... Yeah come on but yeah. so the in terms of amado um the internal nypd investigation ruled that the officers had acted within policy based on what a reasonable police officer would have done in the same situation nevertheless amado's shooting led to a review of policy training or police training training policy and ultimately we'll get to this later but they switched away from using full metal jacket or FMJ bullets and in like and 
that was kind of like, okay, like we won't um, use these bullets, which are basically like they have a soft core and then they have a hard outer shell. Okay. Um, and essentially like um, I, I, it, that means that, how do you, how do I explain this? Um, like I can see them, but like, this is something that like, it, it easily like can like not expand. That's not the word that I'm looking for. Um, but it can like travel at a faster velocity and it can even like, for example, pierce armor. Okay. Um, and seems excessive. It, exactly. It is, it is excessive. Um, it could, it can potentially like go completely through a person. Yeah. Um, and it can even like, let's say like, for example, Amadou at the end of the day, had he even survived like, and clearly he didn't, we'll get to that, but it can cause like unintentional collateral damage. Yeah. Even if, even if getting shot didn't immediately, like if they didn't hit something immediately, it can cause collateral damage. But yeah, naturally this, this was about as well received by the public, this like NYPD internal investigation though. It was about as well received as you would imagine. Yeah. Um, on February 12th, the Washington Post reported that approximately 2,000 mourners were gathered inside and outside um, an East Harlem mosque to honor Amadou. Mm. Um, and his body, again, riddled with bullets, was carried into the mosque in just a pine box. Like that, they keep it very, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, like in, in Muslim um the religion of Muslims, just like Islam. very they keep modest it, and simple. They keep and... it very simple. Uh, yeah. Like you don't get embalmed. It's it's mm -hmm. very very simple. Um, like you're basically brought back to being one with the earth. So yeah, more natural than being embalmed. Yes, and everything. yes. Um, so though it was supposed to be a purely religious service, obviously it was going to have like hugely political undertones of course um for example one of the attendees and speakers was the reverend al sharpton who delivered a very charged call for justice declaring quote we promised this community of faith that we will not turn this into a political event so we'll do god's will by fighting for justice we're going to make sure the name of amadou diallo rings out for justice for years to come end quote and inside the mosque, the emphasis was on love. Um, all of the speakers said that Amadou would have wanted it that way. Um, his mother, she sat upstairs in the balcony, like the women's balcony. She was shrouded in white. She kept her head held high. His father, Saiku, he was wearing like a green gown and just told the mourners, the mourners inside the mosque that he felt no hatred for the officers who murdered his son, saying, quote, May Allah have mercy on their souls, end quote. Wow. Very, very big of his family. Yeah, definitely. Um, meanwhile, a furious crowd booed then-Mayor Rudolph W. Giuliani. You ever hear him? Oh, Jesus Christ. So Rudy Giuliani decided to deign, he deigned to grace everybody with his presence towards the end of the ceremony. Um, he just fucking shows up right at the end. 
and yeah they what start the, booing his ass what's the name of the uh what's the the john mulaney it's either john mulaney or nick kroll joke where they're talking about um uh giuliani they're like giuliani was the hero of 9-11 because he was mayor when it happened yeah it's true though <laughs> so it's true that's, though that's all you gotta say about melty julie we'll get into that too melty julie i like that <laughs> um because he had declined an invitation to speak at the service but he said that it was like basically because he wasn't prejudging the case he was just withholding judgment until they heard from a grand jury um, okay uh, however he had refused to criticize the officers during the internal or the external investigations that took place. In fact, he would instead, when he would speak during this time, he would trot out statistics to show that police shootings were actually down because of his zero tolerance policies. Although he conveniently failed to acknowledge that arrests and civilian complaints against the police were up. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. So to quote the Washington Post, quote, two of the officers emptied all 16 bullets in their nine millimeter Glock semi-automatic pistols, which can be done in less time than it takes to read this sentence, but had never been done to a white victim as far as anyone in the crowd could remember. End yeah. quote. Like, damn, WAPO, you're owned by Bezos now, but damn, if you were not good at the time. <laughs> um, so the following day, the day after the funeral, on February 13th, the Diallos took their son's body home to Guinea to be laid to rest. Mm -hmm. Over a month later, on March 25th, 1999, a Bronx grand jury indicted all four officers on charges ranging from second degree murder to criminally negligent homicide and reckless endangerment of bystanders. So Amado's murder and the completely inept way in which it was handled sparked a firestorm of controversy and public outcry, not just in New York, but across the United States, to the extent that the trial was moved to Albany. Um, lawyers for the officers persuaded an appeals court that the, quote, public, public clamor, end quote, over the shooting made a fair trial in the Bronx nearly impossible. And so on December 16th, the court, uh, 1999, the court ordered a change of venue. Mm -hmm. However... I also, I don't think it was 1999. Yes, it was. Just kidding. I'm a liar. Um, however, <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm sorry. I've got to, I've got to chill out for a second. I'm getting mad. Um, so here's the thing about this: the ruling meant that it, for those who have been to upstate New York, and for those who have been to the Bronx. There's a huge difference in the type of jurors that you're going to get a sampling of. That's true. The jurors would be picked from a largely white population rather than a largely minority population. Mm -hmm. So in Albany, race did emerge as an issue from the beginning of the trial, even though the lawyers for the police officers were like trying to stop that. Um, and... One of the ways in which they tried to stop that was that they tried to use preemptory challenges to remove three black women from the jury. So prosecutors objected and the um, what do you call it? The judge presiding over the case um, and his name was Justice Joseph C. Teresi. He refused to remove the women. And in the end, after a white woman was removed because she discussed the case outside of court, the jury consisted of one white woman, seven white men, 
and four black woman, women, one of whom was the jury for women. So you mean to tell okay. me that they already had eight out of 12 jurors, yeah. white people, and they tried to remove three of them. Yeah. Already, this is this is kind of a not a great sample. No. Um, so during the trial, officers, the officers acknowledged their, that they had made a mistake in shooting Amado, but the defense lawyers made the officer's testimony the centerpiece of their investigation, um, which was basically that the shooting was justified because they thought Amado was grabbing a gun. So therefore, it was OK. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter that he wasn't grabbing a gun. Didn't matter that he didn't have a gun on his person. It, but they thought he was. Yeah, so, I don't think that's a good enough excuse. No, I don't think that's a good enough excuse. Meanwhile, the chief prosecutor of of the case, Eric Warner from the Bronx District Attorney's Office, he also didn't think it was a good enough excuse. He argued that the officers, particularly Carol, had caused the fatal contra- confrontation by prejudging Amado as a possible rapist or as yeah. a possible robber, and that they never considered that he might have just had a right to maybe, you know, be on his own stoop. Yeah, he was on his own stoop. He was on his own stoop. I mean, I don't like I don't know if he was on the phone talking to anyone. I don't know if he was yeah. talking to somebody on a different stoop, but it seemed that he was alone. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So like how is he a threat? Well, and especially because I I didn't include this um because I wasn't sure of the validity of the claim there was a there was a belief that his last words were actually in a phone call to his mother in which he Mm. said quote unquote mom i'm going to college end quote Mm. um like he was letting like not saying like oh i'm gonna do this like he was actually going to college and like i like mom i can't believe it and he was so excited and the validity of whether or not those were his last words remains to be seen um, but he did indeed say it. It was the last thing that he said to his mother. Um, but regardless, so maybe he went, his roommate went to sleep. Maybe he went outside to call his mom. Yeah, maybe. Like, we don't know. He's allowed to be on his own fucking stoop. He's allowed to be on his own fucking stoop. I sit out on my stoop sometimes. Like, yeah. who gives a... F- God damn it. So anyway, so in a joint defense... The cops, all four of them, collectively blamed Amado for his own murder, saying that he contributed to his death by lurking in the darkness around, again, his own home. Yeah, super classy. Yeah. They also alleged that he refused orders to halt for questioning, saying he had behaved suspiciously and not obeyed the, again, plain Plain clothes. Thank you. Love that for us officers orders to stop if a random person who looks normal like they're not in uniform they're not showing you a badge goes did they hey. identify themselves as officers they and just told him to did, show like, his hands they exactly, just kept screaming like, at him to show his hands fuck you I'm and, not and, doing and shit. then they're telling him to stop because they because like and we'll get into that but like they're telling him to stop if some random person is screaming at me they jump out of a car and they're running at me and they're being all menacing I'm not going to no, fucking that's stop. Fucking terrifying. Oh, excuse me. I'll stop because you asked me to. And you didn't even ask nicely. I'm sure they weren't like, hey, could you please stop for a minute? Can we talk to you really quick? Yeah. So anyway, Carol, the officer, was the first to te- he, he testified that he was the first to notice Amado on the stoop of the building, saying that he noticed he was acting suspiciously because he was peering out from the stoop. And then this is a direct quote, slinking, quote unquote back 
to like peering out and then slinking back. I'm like, fuck off. Well, maybe he noticed fucking four or five suspicious fucking people that he'd never seen in his neighborhood before. And he was a little freaked out. Maybe that. And also, it's one o'clock in the morning. Well, it's almost one o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, my mom used to always say, nothing good ever happens after midnight. And do you want to know something? Like, that could very well have been his manner of thinking. Like, yeah, you're out on your stoop. You want to make sure you're not going to get, I don't know, jumped by four fucking cops with, like, a hard-on for shooting. Yeah. So, he... Carol claimed that he told his partners that he wanted to stop and question Amadou because he fit the general description of a serial rapist who had struck about a year prior. And Carol then also said, but also I suspected that like, and this is not a direct quote, but he was like, also I suspected that he might've been a lookout for a push in robber because he was looking up and down the street. Mm. So then upon cross-examination, however, Carol acknowledged that he couldn't see Amadou well enough to even determine what race he was. So how did he fit the description of this serial rapist? Yeah. He was, he looked like a dude in the darkness. Oh my God. Call, like, I was about to say call the police, but I mean, hello, they're apparently (laughs) already here. So Carol also acknowledged that he had never considered that Amadou might have had a legitimate reason for being where he was or that he might have lived in the building that he lived in. Um, in fact, inherently racist. Exactly. In fact, all of them admitted that they had never considered the situation from Amadou's point of view. Warner pointed out that Amadou might have been frightened, for example, by the sight of a car driving slowly down his otherwise deserted street in the middle of the night. Yep. He might have been even more so frightened by, quote, big or four big men getting out of a car with guns and like and again, they're not in uniform. The car is unmarked. Yeah. So while they, again, acknowledged that they had made a mistake, the officer said that Amado was largely, it was that this was his fault. They kept victim blaming him. Um, they said he didn't respond to their commands to stop. They said that he kept, didn't, that he wouldn't keep his hands in sight for them. Again, these four white men in regular clothes who pulled up in a normal looking car with fucking guns, literally guns ablazing, that he didn't show his hands he didn't stop and instead they said he dared to run into the vestibule of his building i have no idea why away from four huge men with guns also i'm tired of this fucking uh mistake bullshit mistake is putting beans on my burrito when i asked for none Mm -hmm. murder is not a mistake exactly and so then they said that he began digging in his pocket and then he turned toward the officers with something in his right hand they said they thought it was a gun and began shooting which set off trying to get into his fucking apartment no it was his wallet remember he was throwing his wallet yeah so they they thought his wallet was a gun Mm -hmm. now listen i am a woman of a certain age i have some huge ass wallets i have some little baby wallets for when i'm like going out on the town and i don't want to carry i don't need to carry for example my costco membership yeah but unless it's like a real wild night but I like this dude's just I can imagine I don't think he's got a huge fucking wallet this guy is sharing an apartment with four different people he's selling he's selling like goods on the street I don't think he's like sitting there like oh I need to have my checkbook with me every 20 seconds like this isn't a huge wallet yeah I've never seen a wallet that uh, resembles a gun yeah Yeah, no me neither like I've seen ice cube trays that make bullet-shaped ice cubes but classy yes um but so they said they thought it was a gun but when they began shooting 
the bullets started ricocheting in the vestibule of this apartment building. Uh-huh. And so and and then the muzzle flashes and the ricocheting bullets made it think made them think that they were in a firefight. Yeah, well, so maybe you should are, maybe you should know your weapon I was and know about to say. Yeah, know what it it looks like when you do uh, when that. you discharge your weapon in a certain location. Well, and you're so undertrained. These are the people that are supposed to be protecting the city. They're supposed to be part of this elite crime unit. And yeah. they can't even tell if they're being shot at. Dick Wolf wouldn't even cover these people. Dick Wolf would have shat that. No, no. Eaten them up, then shat them out. So anyway, when Amado's lifeless blo- body slumped to the ground, his wallet fell out of his right hand. He didn't even get to throw it. There was no yeah. gun. So then Carol started sobbing during his testimony as he realized that as he described that he had realized his error and claimed he held Amado's hand as he lay dying. Yeah, you know how to, boss did with Patrick Bailey. I'd love to hear that uh that coaching session of like, oh, this is how you act on the stands so you don't get put away for murder forever. Yeah, like I can understand him crying, but I'm sure that yeah, because he did a hugely he wrong made a thing. huge fucking mistake, and now he's about to like face consequences for it. Yeah. So at the time of Amado's funeral, Police Commissioner Howard Suffier told the Washington Post that his department had interviewed more than 200 people about the incident, but could not find anyone who saw the shooting. During the trial, all four officers testified. And each of them told a similar story, stating that they had warned Amado before opening fire on him. Here's the thing. Turns out there was an eyewitness. Mm -hmm. Her name is Cherie Elliott, S-C-H-R-R-I-E. It might have been Sherry, because I only saw her name mentioned like once. Okay. Um, Otherwise, she was mentioned as Elliott. But she was a woman who lived in the neighborhood. And initially, the defense actually called her as a witness because she had told a television interviewer. Remember, at the time, this is over a year later, but Amadou's funeral was about two weeks, a little, uh, give or take, about two weeks after he was murdered. Uh-huh. This woman was speaking with a television interviewer, and yet the police commissioner was like, we can't find any, any witnesses. Yeah. So anyway... After we're, after, while we're chewing on that, Elliot told a television interviewer that she had heard one of the officers shout gun. But because she refused to talk to the lawyers for the defense team before the trial, they got the surprise of their fucking lives when they brought her up on the stand and she testified that the men had actually gotten out of the car with their guns drawn and without shouting any warnings, just straight up began firing on Amado. Yeah. And what's more... She testified that many of the shots that were fired were fired after Amado had already fallen to the ground. Yeah, I mean, hearing the amount of times they discharged their weapon, there's four of you and one of him. Did you really need to shoot that? Even if he had, even if he had a weapon, like I have seen more precision with a carnival shooting game. Yeah, like. They, but again, it's like they don't have to, like, it's not, for example, they don't have to pay for these bullets. So, like, yeah, just shoot, 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 shoot. Like, two of them, two of them emptied their guns. Yeah. Shooting at this unarmed man. Yep. So, the lawyers then, though, after she gives this testimony, 
they then declared had her declared a hostile witness so that they could try to discredit the parts of her testimony that they found unfavorable. There's a special place in hell for the the people that that try defend, to do that shit. These defense lawyers, there's a special place in hell. The lawyers that try to fight to prevent people with special needs from getting the care that they need through their school districts, there's a special place in hell right next door. Like yeah. this is why lawyers get such a shitty rap. Yep. So in his closing argument, Warner suggested that Amado might have simply been reaching for his wallet to hand it over to what he thought was a gang of muggers. Yeah. Or perhaps, Warner said, he was trying to show the officers his identification to be like, hey, I think you think I'm someone else. Yep. Or I live here. This is my address right here. Or who knows? But the officers made a snap judgment about him when they first saw him from inside their car. And their failure to think through this situation showed recklessness and a complete lack of concern for Amado's life or for the lives of the people around him like yeah. that were physically in the vicinity. Because suppose like a stray bullet got into like shot into a, a window and hurt somebody. Yeah. So complete lack of concern and that therefore they were culpable for his death. Warner yeah, no matter what the circumstances that they believed were happening, they killed someone. I was so going to say, you, yeah, that's the fact. You have to pay for that. It doesn't matter what actually, like, what occurred or, like, what you thought was occurring. Like, yeah. you murdered somebody. Yeah. Now you have to deal with the consequences. Exactly. You, you, they, they were right. They fucked up. They didn't make a mistake. They made a, a fucking grave error. Pun not intended. Yeah. And you know what? When I make a mistake... I don't just own up to it. I take accountability and I do what I need to do to make it better. Yeah. And if that means you have to like do time or pay for something or uh, I don't I don't know what. Yeah. yeah. Resign from your job. A whole host of things. Yeah. Like you lose something when you do something like this. Exactly. Exactly. So in his closing argument, Warner declared, quote, Amado Diallo was unarmed, doing nothing wrong and he was minding his own business. In the mindset they had, that man was doomed from the minute they saw him, end quote. Yeah. Which, like, absolutely. Like, that's fucking, yeah. like, true. Um, oh, bless you, Felix. Felix is doing a flurry of sneezes. I don't know if you can hear that. Allergy um, season. It's allergy season, man. Um, like, <laughs> you know what I hate? Allergy season. Nothing else. No little slabs of bacon with guns, just allergies. Um, but so, yeah. The jury deliberated for three days. Um, and afterwards, they found on February 25th, 2000, Carol, McMillan, Boss, and Murphy not guilty on all charges in the murder of Amado Diallo. Mm. Um, which is just gross it's gross and it's really really disappointing like they they were even told like i like they were like we'll get into it we'll get into it so when the verdict was read the officers hung their heads wiped their teary eyes and hugged each other and their lawyers mm -hmm. and you know what i bet they hugged their families too because they were yeah. still able to do so Mm -hmm. Amado couldn't hug his family 
Yeah. As they left the courthouse, they did not speak to any of the reporters. They just walked silently past a crowd of what was mostly jeering protesters. Meanwhile, Amado's parents, his friends, his supporters, quietly sat through the litany of not guilty verdicts and just quickly left the courtroom. Yeah. The jurors told Justice Teresi, who again presided over the trial that they did not want to speak to the reporters and that they were and so then they were escorted out of the courthouse so that they did not so that they could avoid um the yeah. the firestorm that was going to fucking result um at city hall in new york city i mean we're in albany meanwhile in, at city hall uh what did you call him drippy rudy drippy julie yeah yeah melty melty that was it no i liked yours better so melty julie expressed his sympathy for the diallo family but also praised the jury for its work saying quote it fills me with profound respect for being an american and for living in a country that has a trial by jury end quote and you want to know something rudy you want to know something i hope that it still fills you today with profound respect for being an american for living in a country that has a trial by jury I hope yeah. that still I hope that still rings true because we're about to have another trial with another jury and I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to go as well. So, one of McMillan's lawyers, Stephen Worth, also praised the system, saying, quote, "Police officers have to be able to do their jobs. When the evidence supports them, a jury will support them." End quote. That's that quote is so fucking backwards. They were plainclothes officers first of all, and the evidence didn't support anything. And you had Elliot's testimony thrown out. You had her named a hostile witness. Yeah. Because you thought that she was going to be on your side. Yeah. Like, I just... So one of the Bronx district attorneys, or the Bronx district attorney, Robert Johnson, um, he was on the prosecution side. He said outside the courthouse, quote, I'm satisfied that the jurors were fair here, end quote. But noted quote this case raises a lot of issues about police tactics end quote saying that people in the bronx had been quote trying to get the attention of the police department for some time and this case will do it end quote so very just like listen no disrespect to the jury but i think that even though amadou didn't get justice maybe future people can get justice and again this is in 1999 2000 yeah. 2000 at this point so that yeah. just goes to tell us but others were rightfully more critical um former mayor dinkins um did i mention him before i don't think all? so um so he was a democratic mayor um and yeah, i'm trying to pull up his name david dinkins um he was the former mayor of new york city it's a fun name um, he was very it's a very fun name he was also present at amado's funeral mm-hmm. he spoke um he also said he was outraged by the verdict and warned quote this will send the wrong message to those members of the street crime unit who walk around saying we own the night exactly yeah like absolutely absolutely so the reverend Al Sharpton said he would push the Justice Department to bring a federal civil rights case against these officers, saying, quote, this is not the end. This is just the beginning. We took a detour to Albany and that detour is over. After the verdict, Mary Jo White, the United States attorney in Manhattan, announced that her office, which had been monitoring the case from the beginning um, and 
that that her office and the civil rights division of the Justice Department would review the shooting to determine whether any civil rights laws were violated. Um, spoiler alert, because obviously I feel like you would have heard about this. They did not find anything. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, the Justice Department declined, ultimately declined to pursue a civil case against the against these officers. Um, and so more than 300 people were gathered to protest the verdict at the building on Wheeler Avenue in the Bronx where Amado was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, they were met by a heavy police presence, which is exactly what I think was needed. Yeah, right. So read the, the fucking least, room, my dudes. Well, not only that, like, I, I don't know. I don't know why you would like take pride in this but more but the police said at least 14 people had been arrested in the bronx mostly on charges of disorderly conduct and then also in albany at least 15 protesters were arrested this Mm -hmm. is exactly what you need this is exactly what you need yeah so two months later in april 2000 amado's family filed i my sources differed some said 61 million some said 81 million dollar civil suit wrongful death suit against the city of new york and the officers charging gross negligence wrongful death racial profiling and other violations of their son amado's rights civil rights Mm -hmm. um that remained in limbo until march 2004 when the family accepted a settlement of three million dollars oh my god yep um which was about five million two hundred fifty eight thousand four hundred sixty six dollars and ninety cents not about that's pretty much it um, that's what that is today. Um, and it was one of the largest in the city of New York for a single man with no dependents under New York State's wrongful death law, which limits um, damages to financial loss by the deceased person's ne- next of kin. Mm-hmm. But using some of that money, um, Amado's mother, Katie, Katie, started a foundation in her son's name in 2005 to fund scholarships for students of African descent or who have immigrated to the U.S. from Africa in the pursuit of a college education, um, which is just Mm -hmm. his parents. I have so much respect for them. I really I truly do, um, because I can't imagine what they went through and that they would be so willing to. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like they didn't have to use any of that money for other people like they they lost enough that they could have kept that for them but they wanted to do something for their son yeah well and i didn't i i actually i i didn't um i don't know why i didn't mention this um but so outside the courthouse when amado's parents were leaving um his father saiku had said that he was disappointed with the verdict and called it the quote second killing of his son um yeah and meanwhile his mother had said quote i ask for your common prayers as we go on for the quest of justice life equality i thank you all so like to the very end of this ordeal they just acted with such love and grace yeah i mean it's one thing going through uh the murder of one of your family members like that's number one thing i don't want to deal with but having Mm -hmm. to sit through the trial of it and Mm -hmm. then have it go that way like 
to bury your child. Those are and then two completely horrific things to deal with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he was stolen from them. Yeah. Like it wasn't even a case of like, oh, it was an accident. No, he was taken from them. Yeah. So because she, she chose to start the Amadou Diallo Foundation because he, in his final call, he had shared the exciting news that he had saved up enough money to go to college, like I had told you. Yeah. Um, but he did not live long enough to fulfill that dream. So she wanted him, she wanted other people to be able to have that dream. Yeah. In his um, name. According, in his name. According to its website, quote, the ADF helps students pursue their dreams of achieving a college education and developing marketable skills so that they may contribute as valuable members to of their communities, end quote. Mm. Diallo's murder, Amado's murder, did lead to an investigation of the SCU, which was subsequently shut down. Yeah. Good. Um, yes. However, all four officers did remain with the NYPD um, on April 27th, 2001. New York Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick said that they would not receive department punishment for the shooting, but would rather undergo retraining in tactics and firearms. However, don't worry. They were allowed. They, they were no longer going to be allowed to carry their service revolvers. And that would put them on non-enforcement duty. So they would serve without their weapons until Carrick determined that they were a fit, that they were fit for regular duty. Um, which I think is, that's, that's fucking That's a bullshit. Shit. Yeah, that's, that's bullshit. They that's shit. either should not be a part of the, uh, the force anymore, or they should never have a weapon again. Yeah, and instead, like, Carrick's decision meant that they were free to resume their police careers. Like, even though, like I said, they ended up shutting down the SCU, they could they could go on their merry way and do what they pleased. Like, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I, I don't understand. Though, I will say, Katie Cuddy, um, Amadou's mother, said that she wasn't surprised that they weren't going to be disciplined. Um, at the time, again, this is April 2001, she said, quote, it's been over two years since I came to America. The only thing that I can claim still is justice. Unfortunately, it is not happening, and I don't understand why. End mm. quote. Um, Stephen Worth, McMillan's attorney, also said that his client was looking forward to joining the fire department after um, Carrick said that they were just basically going to get a slap on the wrist saying quote it's been a long road and the officers are pleased that the department has vindicated their actions um end quote and that mcmellon quote lives with this every day but he still wants to be in a business where he's helping people end quote because you know you were helping amado yeah by putting him in the ground so yep. yeah and then murphy's attorney um james Culton said that his client also wished to be a fireman, like his father, adding that the incident um, was, quote, in the end, it was was thoroughly, like, reviewed, and that, quote, in the end, there was no wrongdoing. There are people who are going to never change their opinion. That's human nature. But hopefully the majority of the people will say it's time to move on, end quote. Mm. And I'm going to tell you right now, people have not fucking moved on yeah how do you say moving on after you murder someone because the family never gets to so yep um after the trial like i said 
boss was reassigned to desk duty. But in October 2012, NYPD Commissioner Raymond W. Kelly restored boss's ability to carry a firearm. As of 2012, he was the only one of the four officers still working with the NYPD. And in 2015, he was promoted to sergeant in accordance with the state civil service law, which is not subject to review by top department officials. Wow. Yep. Also in 2015, a report from Capitol New York found that 85 IP addresses belonging to NYPD officers or employees, rather, had made changes to Wikipedia pages about NYPD misconduct and also to articles about people killed in police interventions, including the Wikipedia page for Amado Diallo. That is completely fucked. Yup. One of the edits changed the statement, quote, Officer Kenneth Boss had previously been involved in an incident in which an unarmed black man was shot, but continued to work as a police officer. They took that sentence. They changed it to, quote, Officer Kenneth Boss was previously involved in an incident in which a man armed was shot. Wow. End quote. Yeah. So two policemen associated with these edits were reported to receive only, quote, minor reprimands. Of course. And then in 2016, the following year, uh, (laughs) Boss was named Sergeant of the Year by his union and ultimately... He retired, presumably with a full fucking pension from law enforcement in 2019. Wow. This man killed at least two people. Mm -hmm. In April 2021, fast forwarding a bit, Kati Diallo was interviewed about her reaction following the conviction of Derek Chauvin, the Minneapolis police officer who murdered George Floyd. Mm. And she told news station PIX 11 Morning News, quote, there's no time for celebration. There's time for work to put in the work that needed that needed to be done so we can stop seeing these cases time and time again. This verdict speaks to Amado. This verdict speaks to many victims, end quote, adding, quote, since my son was gunned down, I've been fighting. I've been advocating. Justice is a long road. Justice has not been had for many, many, many years, end quote. Yeah. When asked if she believed Chauvin's conviction signed is or signaled a turning point in terms of holding the police accountable she said quote this is a right step in the right direction this is a rebeginning because we have been there before so many times and yeah quote. so now to get into the pop culture side of things um amado's killing his murder has inspired and been referenced in many works by many artists, musicians, creators. Um, The 2001 song, I Know You Don't Care by Ziggy Marley, son of Bob Marley, but also more importantly, if not just as importantly, the singer of the Arthur theme song. Shout out to my PBS kids. Oh, hey. Hey. Um, And I said, hey. Um, It is that song, I Know You Don't Care, is in direct response to the acquittal of the officers who were allegedly accused well who were accused of allegedly murdering amado because obviously i gotta be careful um in the chorus marley sings quote code of silence you say yes your (coughs) actions speak so loud and clear diallo's killers going free paid by society and i know you don't care about me end quote yeah ouch ouch um and you're gonna be so there were other songs that were directly about Amado's murder um 
One of these, I think you're going to find to be kind of a shock because I sure as fuck did. Bruce Better not be the song we were just talking about before we started recording. Oh, no, it is not a <laughs> Vanessa Carlson song. Okay. Don't worry. She did not write a single song about this that I know of. That I know of. Um, No, Bruce Springsteen oh. wrote a song about this. I know. Bruce. The boss. Bruce. I was like, oh, so, like really, I was like, I'm seeing him in a different life. All right. uh, well, in a different light. Um, that was a Freudian slip because the song is called American Skin 41 Shots. Okay. And some lines are 41 shots and we'll take that ride cross the bloody river to the other side. 41 shots cut through the night. You're kneeling over his body in the vestibule praying for his life. Is it a gun? Is it a knife? Is it a wallet? This is your life. It ain't no secret. It ain't no secret. No secret, my friend. You can get killed just for living in your American skin. Damn, Bruce. Bruce, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, damn, like everybody kind of sees him as like, I feel like like boomers love him. He's like the pinnacle of America for boomers. He's got that. He's got that one red uh, handkerchief hanging out of his pocket. He's born in the USA. Yeah, he's born in the USA and it costs $5,000 to go to one of his shows. Yeah. Real man of the people, isn't he? Yeah. Um, another song is Diallo by Wyclef John um which lines include uh night is in the air enemy on the borderline who'll be the next to fire 41 shots by diallo's side you said he reached sir but he didn't have no peace sir but now he rest in peace sir in the belly of the beast sir you guys are vampires in the middle of the night sucking on human blood is that your appetite you said he reached sir but he didn't have no peace sir but now he rest in peace sir in the belly of the beast sir have you ever been shot 41 times so there's that um again like these are all very just damn they're very damn. intense i mean very obviously intense. it's an intense crime but but well i mean but also like we've talked about songs being written about crimes before yeah and i don't think we've ever covered something aside from like 9 11 that was so universally like we've got bruce springsteen we've got wyclef john i'm about to get into la tigre which is an electro pop group uh-huh like it's just it's we've like got every Ziggy marley yeah every genre everyone everyone had the same things to say about this yeah um so yeah la tigre also wrote a song called bang bang which opens with the lyrics quote in New York, the shooting of another unarmed black man raises further questions about NYPD tactics, end quote. And it ends with a vocal chorus counting numbers that ends with 41, which, again, is the number of shots fired at Amado. Mm -hmm. So then in March 2018, singer Jillian Casablancas from The Strokes confirmed in an interview with Vulture that the track New York City Cops off The Strokes debut album 2001's Is This It? was a actually a political song inspired by the case um and he said that this in was in like he revealed that this was influenced by the public shooting of amado yeah um furthermore the 1999 public enemy album there's a poison going on also has a song titled 4119 based on the number of rounds fired at and striking amado amado respectively yeah um because like i said like they're they shot 41 times and they hit him al almost half of the bullets that they shot yeah 
like you know what i mean um so the lyrics also are about police harassment and violence um like they talk about it and they the thing that keeps getting um repeated not a refrain so to speak but it's a line that continues to be repeated is yo it's hot what they got 41 shots mm-hmm. so finally on march not finally but like continuing on that's that's it from for music really um but on march 8th 1989 a drawing by art spiegelman showing a police officer at a shooting gallery with a banner reading 41 shots 10 cents was featured on the cover of the new yorker mm. um 250 police officers picketed the magazine's headquarters in response. Right. Wonder how many of those protesters got arrested. Yeah, right. So then in 2000, a group of human rights organizations completed a short film called The Day After Diallo, which was about police violence against people of color in the context of Amado's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, it was co-produced by Witness, New York City Police Watch, and the Ella Baker Center for Human Rights. On January 1st, 2003, Katie, Katie, again, I could not find the pronunciation. Um, Katia, too, maybe pronounce um, like that's her full name. But she published a memoir with author Craig Wolf titled My Heart Will Cross This Ocean, My Story, My Son, Amado. Mm. Um, it has a 4.12 out of 5 on Goodreads if you would like to read it. Um, Amado's death was also a talking point issue in the 2005 New York City mayoral election. Uh, candidate Fernando Ferrer, who, Ferrer, Ferrer, um, he was at the time a mayoral candidate for New York City and a, a currently at the time was the president of the Bronx Borough. Um, he had protested against the circumstances of Amado's murder at the time but was criticized by his by Amado's family and many others for telling a meeting of police sergeants that although the shooting had been a tragedy that the officers that the officers had been quote unquote over indicted mm. we don't play that game um so on may 11th 2020 this case was covered Haley had asked me at the beginning of this episode um i think i've seen this case covered on an episode of something and this is that episode of that something okay on May 11, 2020, it was covered on the third episode of the Netflix true crime documentary series Trial by Media. Yeah, that's what it yes, was. That's what I'd that see. Was it. Yes. That was it. The episode, which is titled 41 Shots, has a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, I'm almost positive we've talked about Trial by Media before. I don't think um, we have an episode on it, but we did mention it like when it came out and stuff. That It's, it's yes. a very interesting um, series. Was the... The Carrie Stainer uh, story was not talked about on that, was it? No, cap- Captive what? Audience is the doc on that. I'm knocking things over. Um, that I'm not, I'm not positive on. I don't know, but I think we probably talked about other uh, cases that are covered in trial by media. Yes, because it is a, a mini-series. I forget now off the top of my head um, how many, um, what do you call it? Um, episodes? How, yes, how many episodes there are in it but there are there are episodes in it um but there are yeah. it seems to be six episodes six okay yes. hell yeah um oh the jenny jones show uh the first it. the first uh episode of trial by media is about the jenny jones so and uh bernie gets subway bernie vigilante gets. is the second episode yes see yeah. i knew we talked about it because i mean it's one of those things where i remember talking about it yep um, but yeah, so 
on Saturday, February 4th, 2023, this year. Um, that was the 24th anniversary of Amado's murder. Um, I want to close with Ross Gay's poem, Marionette, which he wrote in 2006 okay. and dedicated to Amado. And it goes, quote, the few strings snap and pull the doll's flimsy limbs for his last ballet, an American piece, arms flung like a flamingo's wings, his sachet, a flame's undulation, dip, wave, head snapped into a sky gaze, a pained grin, white beneath the doorway's light, legs braiding in the climactic pirouette, convulsive shoulders rolling, the body's final draft, smooth as a sun-baked blood flake. Flecked off a rhino's horn, the gored corpse sweet meat to a smoky gauze of ravenous flies, humming and blood-sucking tiny gunpowdered singed hearts, charred kiss marks until at last the strings go slack, the doll sprawls in a crippled collapse, his face half-lit, the puppeteers praising this black ghost's steel-pierced last dying quake, the dead sweet and clean, and that last wheeze, and escaping, you've heard it, drops the floodgates for the real ghosts, a bouquet of them, a blitzkrieg of black orchids roaring, and they blaze, end quote. Wow. Yes. Very, very beautifully written. And yeah. again, a lot of art, a lot of, um, like I said, a whole, like, foundation resulted from this completely unnecessary crime. Um, Amado's mother became something of a beacon yeah. in civil rights cases um as a result of the murder of her son of course um but yeah over over 20 years later um shit like this still happening it's, it's still happening people we're we're still fighting um but yeah if you will link um, the Amado Diallo Foundation in our uh, link tree. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can find it, or if you can find it in your heart to donate, of course, do that. But also, this is what, when you see these names of people that are being mentioned, that are being written on signs during protests, they're they're human beings. They are real people. And they should not... They should still be here. Yeah. He should have been able to go to college. Yeah. He should have been able to sit on his fucking stoop. Yeah. Yeah. And this is fucked. This is really fucked. This is really fucked. And um, we don't want to send people home with... Uh, I mean, obviously, we want to send people home with the call to actions. Like, if you mm -hmm. if you uh, can donate, please do. Um, if you can't, um, either uh, no worries. Yeah, but educate but, uh, yourself and others on um, other things that can be done for free. Uh, yeah, or again, like if you see something. Yeah, see like, something. Like this say sounds something. so silly. This yeah, I was gonna say it sounds so silly because like it's become a joke. If you see something, say something. But it's true. Like if like. It's it it this type of thing kind of makes me think of the Kitty Genovese case a little bit in that I wonder what could have happened if somebody had seen something and like spoken nowadays up. spoken up and like nowadays we've got 
phones, we've got social media, we've got all this. And it is something that is becoming increasingly common where you'll see somebody being arrested, you'll see somebody being confronted by the police, and people will take their phones out. Sometimes it'll even be that person. I but mean, I people feel will take like their phones out. I feel like um, it's been said before that like the George Floyd case could have gone in a different direction had it not been it recorded could have gone the same way as Amado Diallo's. Yeah. Like, quite frankly, because again, they were like, oh, we have no witnesses. Yeah. Did you? Or did you just say you had no witnesses until you thought you had somebody who would say what you wanted? Yeah. And then once they didn't have them thrown out as a hot, hot, have that testimony thrown out because they're a hostile witness. Yeah. Like, it's just. I don't know. What do you I mean, want do to know, be but... your palate cleanser so we oh don't leave God. everyone on a bummer? Oh, boy. Um, my palate cleanser is that my I was telling you off mic, I am friends with my pharmacists. Um, people think I am kidding, but actually, like I am like we chat. We have fun. Uh, I was about to say their names on mic, but I also don't know how many pharmacies people may think i go to so i'm not going to say it but they um they gave me a little they gave me a little uh lemon macaron because at the time that we're recording this it's before my birthday but it's the last time they're going to see me before my birthday because i upped my prescription and blah 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 um but so they gave me this little they gave me this little macaron so cute um, i'm also thankful for my Roomba, and i hope that she doesn't start fucking vacuuming right now um, and that would be a palate cleanser. That would be a huge warm fuzzy for me if she did not fucking like empty her ass into an ostomy bag that is the self-emptying thing right now. Yeah. But but a Roomba, get a Roomba. All right. That's a if you can afford it. If you can afford it, get yourself a Roomba. I like that. Yeah. That's that's a that's a life pro tip coming at you live, especially if you have back problems and vacuuming hurts, or if you have ADD or depression, 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 mm -hmm. and vacuuming simply seems impossible a Roomba will do that shit for you you know you know you can you can spend like a hundred bucks you don't have to get a fancy one like i did that like self-empties but you can spend a hundred bucks not even you can spend less than that on basically a maid yeah i guess like it, that's what she does she just cleans up after us we got crumbs on the floor not anymore Michael exploded the French press for the millionth time, and there's coffee grounds all over the floor. Not anymore. Not French press, the AeroPress. Mm -hmm. um, not sponsored. But, though, I mean, the explosions are not the AeroPress's fault. This is entirely, Michael just apparently doesn't know their own strength yet. Um, nearly 30 years on this earth, and we still don't know our own strength. It's fine. It's whatever. That's, that's, we're all learning. Even, or there. We're that's all That's a different podcast for another day. Um, we are. We are all learning. We're all living. Um, now we can talk about what you did for 420. That's my other, that's my uh, palate cleanser is what you did for 420 because it was cool as shit. Oh, yeah. I went to um, a uh, infused dinner <laughs> at a dispensary that they had um, a chef come in and every course was infused and with weed, obviously. It was 420. Thank you. I had no idea. <laughs> I wouldn't have known otherwise. I had, to I had to explain to a man what email was today, so I'm sorry uh, if I'm like over explaining. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, it was yeah, it was really fun. I went with my mom. It was nice. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a good time. Highly recommend. 
I loved that for you. The yeah. food looked gorgeous. Let me just say, it was I, I will speak on it. Yeah, it looked gorgeous. This the settings and everything. Everything looked beautiful. If I had known that this place existed for my bachelorette, I would have done this. Oh, one hundred percent. If I had known, if yeah. any of if anybody involved had known, I guarantee you we would have done it. Yeah, but unfortunately, we did not know. But that doesn't. You know what that means? That just means you've got to have a second bachelorette. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Why, why the fuck not? You were robbed, okay? You were supposed to have the vid. A whole weekend. You were well, no, you weren't supposed to have the vid, but you did get the no, vid. No, I I You didn't physically to, get the vid, but like the was, vid ruins everything. I was supposed That's, to have an actual bachelorette weekend, but then if the vid. If we're gonna learn. Yeah. Yeah. If we're gonna learn anything, it's the vid ruins everything. Yeah. Um with that, Michael heard me talking about your meal and promptly just asked me what's for dinner. So right. I guess we've got to go because we're not having an infused meal. We don't get to experience the same gorgeous, fancy shit that you got to. But we yeah. kept saying every episode that we would talk about it, except we recorded these out of order. So now we can talk about it. Yeah. So we've talked about it. Okay. And now we're going to go so we can talk about it more off mic. Yep. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wait, I didn't actually say. Oh, 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 oh. Our website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Oh, Our uh, email is crimeculturepod at gmail.com. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. Um, not LinkedIn. Not LinkedIn. Okay, that's it. Bye. All right. Sorry. Don't hang up yet. <laughs> hang up now. Bye.